Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here from Vitality Explorers with another edition of the Vitality Explorer News Podcast. Thank you for listening. Our goal with the podcast and the Vitality Explorer Substack site is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. We always start with a quote, and here's the quote from baseball legend Babe Ruth. Quote, it's hard to beat a person who never gives up. It's hard to beat a person who never gives up. So we also try to take the friction out of staying vital and help you make deposits in your Vitality bank account. We're going to go over a few things today, including Vitality hacks for startups, and that could be including yourself. And we're going to talk about green exercises and how they can stimulate theta uh, waves in your brain. I want to pause for just a second as we begin this week's podcast uh, to go over the book announcement, which just came out this week, Dare to be Vital. The second edition is out, available on Amazon. And uh, the, the nine lessons that are embedded in that book, and I hope you'll consider buying a copy or uh, using uh, getting one on Kindle. Here are the nine lessons. Think with time in line, mind. Excuse me. Think with time in mind. Double down on discipline. Pinpoint your peak purpose. Dream greatly. Consider sleep a superpower. Stockpile health. Staple your mouth shut. Cultivate closeness. And spark hope with serving. So the, the thesis of the book and the work that you're listening to via this podcast or the Vitality Explorer new Substack site is that vitality is a skill and it's a constellation of those nine skills. So think about um, getting that. I really would appreciate it. It helps support this work. And I want to start this week with what I did for something called the GSV uh, startup boot camp. Okay, now I've been really lucky to work with GSV for many years, and on Thursday of this past week, I did a hour long webinar for them. And what I'm going to do for for the podcast right now to start this week, and then we're going to talk about how theta brain waves are stimulated by getting outside and exercising, which is a very cool piece of scientific information. But I wanted to start by going over this idea of vitality hacks for startups. Now, this is meant for the GSV Venture Group, for their people who are going through their startup boot camp right now. But I think we can all think of ourselves as a startup. All right, let's just kind of hold that in your mind as we go through three lessons that I reviewed with the group on Thursday of this week. And then the first lesson, and, and all the lessons come from the book, but the first lesson is to think with time in mind. And then one of the quotes from that is, lost time is never found from Benjamin Franklin. And I wanted to begin a little bit with a story from last summer. Last summer, I was really lucky uh, to be invited to go speak at Cambridge University in England. And I was talking a little bit about my platelet-rich plasma work, but I, I was also asked to give a talk about vitality. And if anybody has ever been to Cambridge in England, it's an absolutely gorgeous place. You know, 800 years of history with just icons of science and industry and uh, the arts that are all from there, you know, amazing people like Newton, you know. Anyway, right outside King's College, Cambridge, where I stayed for the weekend, is something called the Corpus Clock. Uh, and you can look this up online, C-O-R-P-U-S, Corpus Clock. And this is a very, very interesting piece of, I don't know what you want to call it, art or uh, it, it really just mesmerized me. And there's like this weird insectoid-like creature that's crawling along a clock and the idea is that, you know, this time is passing us by. 
okay? And the, and the clock, again, right across from King's College in Cambridge, England, it, I think it's hypnotically beautify, beautiful, but I think it's also terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying because time is marching forward whether we like it or not. And I think this idea of thinking with time in mind can change every thought is crucial for startups and companies, but also if you're trying to reinvent yourself. And there's been a lot of pioneers about time. One of the most amazing ones, of course, was, was Albert Einstein. And, uh, and uh, Einstein, um, you know, obviously came up with the idea of time being relative. Marie Curie in the early 1900s, uh, one of the discoveries of radioactivity, uh, developed a, a device called a chronometer, which measured the decay of radioactive particles. And of course, athletes are always into time, right? Like Usain Bolt has still the 100-meter mark at 9.58 seconds. So every second or microsecond matters. And when we think about time, we don't really think about it as much as we should. So this is a little, little odd, but we're going to get a little meta here. And that is to th thinking about time is never a waste of time, right? So if you spend five minutes, 10 minutes each day, how am I going to spend my time? I think, I think it's going to be a valuable use of your time. And this is very interesting in the context of what's happening right now and in the, the rapid de development um, of what's called generative AI or generative artificial intelligence. And this may, this may help us, may help save us time. I don't know whether it's a friend or a foe yet, but I looked up online of how quickly something called ChatGTP, which is made by OpenAI, um, sort of a chatbot that you can type in questions to, how fast did it get to 100 million users? Again, thinking about time. Well, in, in, just to give it context, it took Instagram two and a half years or about 30 months to get to 100 million users. That's still pretty fast, right? It took TikTok just nine months to get to 100 million users, but it took ChatGTP two months. And ChatGTP is projected to have about $200 million in revenue this year. So I think we're in an age, a very fascinating age. There's lots of articles out just this week about how generative AI could be as important as many, many other revolutions going way back to the printing press um, in, I think, the 1500s. Okay, so the idea of thinking about time in mind is important. Writing it down is very important because if you think about, like, say, your to-do list, you can write down your to-do list, then try to prioritize that. And then you can just do it. So I call this think, write, do. So it's, you're not going to get anywhere if you, don't, if you just think about something. You need to think about it. I think writing stuff down really helps you crystallize and prioritize your thoughts. And then, like Nike, just do it. So the vital exercise that I shared with the GSV startup group, I think, can, can um, apply to all of us. And the first one is just to carve out time just to think. The second is to list the things, the possible things you could do for the next hour, the next day, the next week, the next month, whatever time frame you want. And then the third third is to, to find an accountability partner, all right? And that accountability partner should be somebody you can report back to in that period of time. Uh, that could be a week, that could be a month, that could be an hour, whatever it is. And then we've talked about this before. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here, uh, but I went took the, the group on Thursday through the Million Second Challenge just to briefly review that. We need to have a specific amount of time that we, we can think about that isn't too long. Because if we get too far into the future, and maybe a month or two is even too far in the future, but a million seconds is about 12 days, <clears throat> 100,000 seconds is about a day, and 1,000 seconds is about 17 minutes. 
And what you could do for your million second challenge, should you choose to accept the challenge, is to write down your future headline for about 12 days from now. What do you want to have done? I call that your to-done list. What do you want to have done in the next 12 days? Actually, this reminds me. I'm going to try to figure that out for myself today. I've done this many times, but I need another million second challenge for myself. So I'm going to write down what I want to have done in the next 12 days. That really helps you when you write it down. It becomes more concrete. And again, if you share that with somebody else, maybe they give you their idea, you give them your ideas, and then you got to report back to them, it's more likely you're going to get it done. But I think you need to carve out some time because never everybody says, oh, I don't have enough time. But I think, again, we're wasting about a thousand seconds a day. That's about 17 minutes. That could be doom scrolling on your phone. That could be watching some show you're not interested in, complaining, gossiping, or just not getting stuff done. The other one, we've talked about this before in the context of closeness. Uh, and that is to take a 100-second challenge, just a reminder, and text three people today that you haven't seen or talked to in at least a month and just say hello and ask them how they're doing. Now, don't ask for anything in return. Just check in with them. That'll enhance their vitality and, and somebody else's. And then you can flip this around. Instead of just thinking a million seconds at a time, you can think in massive time frames, like 10 years or 100 years. And the example that I shared with the group was this picture of a black hole called uh, Messier's 87. And they actually, the first literal picture of a black hole took 200 scientists tw in, from 20 countries 10 years to get there. So that's a massive long-term commitment. So think, think in terms of the million second challenge and maybe even a 10-year challenge. And what could you do in that horizon? All right. The second lesson that we shared was how to pinpoint your peak purpose. Again, we're going to go through this Quickly today, just as a reminder, uh, the quote from the book, and which is Lesson 3 in the Dare to be Vital book, and I encourage you to consider picking that up on Amazon. You can also find more of the details of this, including the slides, which I shared on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, if you actually want to see the slides, not just listen to my voice about this. Um, but we talked about purpose being the foundation of your personal and professional vitality. It is a competition differentiator. It clarifies your company or you in the marketplace. From a professional standpoint, it can help your with employee recruitment and retention, and it literally helps you improve your bottom line. So how do you get to your purpose? Again, there's a whole lesson on this. We could do a whole hour-long podcast on it, which I think we will we'll do at some point. But my suggestion to start is to eliminate what you are not to become what you could be. Let me say that one more time. Eliminate what you are not in order to become what you could be. So you may not know what you want for sure. You may not be really specific, but may, you maybe you have a better idea of what you don't want to be. All right. So again, spend some time with yourself thinking about that. I'll tell you a quick story that I included in the new, new edition of the book. And the question is, how can you sell more soap and sheets? And this comes from my friend Dave, who's a genius at this. He's a serial CEO, serial entrepreneur, and just really smart about a lot of different things. But a long time ago, he was in charge of a division of a company that was selling soap and sheets, linens to hospitals, okay? And his job over a weekend retreat was to try to improve the sales. And what he did is pretty spectacular. A they didn't change the shift. They didn't change. They had a shift in purpose. They didn't change the, you know, the type of soap, the quality, the you know, packaging. They didn't change anything about their products, but they were able to increase sales by twenty percent by just shifting the purpose of the sales force. And so they had a little weekend retreat, and 
he came up with this idea of saying, okay, what, is our, what do our products really do? We have the best products we're selling to hospitals and they had internal data that showed that when pr their products were used, there were less infections and less very serious infections that could lead to actually dying in the hospital. So what, what my friend Dave did is he said, you're not selling soap, you're saving lives. And this is how we increased sales by 20%. They came, and they came up with a new tagline for their products, quote, cleaner, safer, and healthier. All right. So again, I think we under, underestimate the value of pinpointing our peak purpose. It's a complex task that takes time, reflection, and experimentation, but it is your most important for your company or for yourself, most important modifiable vitality asset. Expect it to be hard to find and embrace that challenge. And here's just a quick seven-step uh, thought pattern to think about it. First, number one, reflect on your values and passion. Just what do you what do you really like to do? Number two, what are you good at? Explore your strengths and skills. What are your talents and abilities? And how can you make an impact in the world? Number three, get out of your comfort zone. Take on new challenges and try out new things. Number four, seek guidance and men mentorship. Yeah, ask other people, ask them, learn, try to learn from their wisdom. Number five, experiment, review, and revise. Uh, just, you know, go through that loop. Number six, consider how you can serve others. And number seven, again, go back, reflect, keep track of how you're doing. All right, so we're, we're going to transition to the third and final lesson that I shared with the GSV startup group. Again, you can find the slides to this on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. You can also join uh, the text message version of this at vitalityexplorers.com. And uh, shameless promo for my book on Amazon. Go, go, go get it. Dare to be vital. Okay. One of the, one of the quotes I had for the GSV startup group was, uh, the startup boot camp, I should say, is you can't be vital by being idle. And I had a little picture of Homer Simpson drinking a beer and eating pizza and sitting on the couch watching TV. So that's not vitality. And specifically, physical vitality is very important for executing on thinking with time and mind and pinpointing your peak purpose. And your physical vitality includes strength, endurance, sleep, diet, weight, and flexibility. And we focus mainly on the, on the exercise component of your vitality, but there are of your physical vitality. And that is to exercise relentlessly because it creates a competitive advantage, okay? Um, so here are the three reasons why you should stockpile health or exercise relentlessly. Number one, exercising in nature lowers stress and anxiety. These are not my opinion. These are based on peer-reviewed published data. We're gonna talk a little bit about that in our final discussion of how exercising outside uh, enhances your theta brain waves, okay? Um, number two, well, here it is. Exercise in upregulates theta brain waves. We'll, we'll dive into more of the details of that in a few minutes. And the third is exercise stimulates the release of brain enhancing molecules. Okay. The number one or two thing is BDNF, which is brain derived neurotrophic factor. There's other things that come out of your, your muscles called irisin, which, you know, again, you can look, look this all up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, but it's pretty clear that exercise is important for your overall sense of vitality and to help you as you're trying to work on your startup or on your startup <clears throat> for yourself. You know, if you're trying to reinvent yourself or come back into a, a new situation, clearly doing all three of those, thinking with time in mind, pinpointing your peak purpose and, um, and working on stockpiling health or exercising relentlessly, uh, is crucial. 
So let's pivot now to green exercise stimulates the theta brainwaves, which is one of my suggestions for the startup group, all right? And as many of you who've listened to this podcast for a while or seen it on, online, uh, taking a hike around the Stanford Dish is one of my absolute favorite things to do. It can be anywhere from a two to a five or six mile hike. Um, and I just, absolutely, it's my happy place, okay? And when I go there, I'm physically exercising. Uh, I get a lot of exercise from it, but I, it's a mental break for me. I think it's more of a mental break than it is a physical physical break. And now there's some very interesting data from this paper called The Psychophysiological Mechanisms Underlying the Effects of Outdoor Green and Virtual Green Exercise During Self-Paced Walking. Okay, that's a too long a title. But here's one of the conclusions from that study. Quote, physical activity in the presence of nature can lead to additional, more distinct mental health benefits such as lower stress and anxiety levels and an overall better psychological state when compared to indoor physical activity. All right, let's pause for a second. This basically is saying, get out and exercise if you want to improve your mental health. Get outside. Now, how many times have we been talking about that in the context of what's, I think, a mental health epidemic in our world, not just in the United States, all over the world, and especially in the context if you're trying to do a startup or if you're in a transition point in your life. So this particular study was 30 participants between ages 18 and 35 were asked to engage in a quarter mile walk at their own pace in three different conditions. There were... Um, the total time was about six minutes with a five-minute rest period between the, the versions of the walk. And the control was walking on a treadmill in a position in front of a white wall. So you can just imagine a treadmill inside, no stimulus, but a white white wall in front of you. Number two was the green exercise. And this is walk, walking on a set trail while listening to natural sounds like breeze and birds chirping. And number three was back walking on the treadmill while viewing the green background of the of the of the trail hike and listening to the same thing that you would listen to if you're out, outside. So before we go into the, the findings, we need to learn a little bit about brainwaves in order to discuss the findings of the paper. Uh, I hope you'll just bear with me for a second. It's not very complicated, but the theta brainwaves occur in our brain when we are in a deep or relaxed state. This can occur as we're about to fall asleep or when you're just waking up. And here's a quote, Quote, experts believe that theta waves are important for processing information and making memories. Experts believe that theta waves are important for processing information and making memories. Wow, that's kind of important, right? So, so they've been associated with something called implicit learning. And this is the type of learning that can occur without being conscious of it occurring. Pretty crazy, right? So maybe when I'm walking around the dish and I'm just letting my mind wander... I'm learning something that I'm not even conscious of learning. So it's a little weird, right? So uh, this idea of implicit learning uh, during green exercise is really, really fascinating. So the green exercise condition of walking outside in this, in this paper we just talked about significantly upregulated theta waves compared to the virtual green exercise or the control exercise, which was walking on a treadmill in front of a blank wall. So quote, the cerebral mechanisms underlying the effects of green exercise on psychological reaction appear to be associated with upregulation of low frequency um, throughout the brain. Green exercise was also sufficient to increase interhemispheric frontoparietal communication of theta waves. Big fancy uh, words, but basically, 
if you were walking outside, listening to the birds chirping, listening to the breeze flowing, your brain was producing more of these theta waves, which are calming you down and helping you learn. And what's the cost of taking a six-minute walk outside? This is insane. I think this is why I love what we're doing here with Vitality Explorer News and the Vitality Explorer News on Substack, where you can see all the data, uh, the abstract from the article. This is a zero-cost way to calm yourself down and to improve your sense of learning, right? Green, and I love this idea of green exercise. We're going we're to learn more about this as we um, go forward. The other part about this was fascinating is that green exercise had higher levels of, quote, perceived enjoyment and, quote, emotional awareness than the other two, and that's being inside. So get outside and exercise. This is the analysis that uh, from this particular paper. It calms us down. It stimulates our theta waves in our brain, helps us learn. Uh, and this is m- just a hugely important paper. It's not, a, it's not definitive because it's just a small group of people. It is younger people between 18 and 35. I hope it applies to the rest of us who, <clears throat> excuse me, might be a little bit older. But I think this adds to the mounting evidence in favor of exercising outside as a vitality enhancer. It also provides specific um, evidence of why walking outside helps us solve problems, right? So a lot of people, I don't know, from Beethoven to Einstein to uh, people have suggested going outside and taking a walk. Think about that in the context of this paper. So we're calmer when we walk outside. We have better connections in our frontal lobe and other parts of our brain that are helping to stimulate us from learning. So this is, a, again, a zero-cost way of improving your physical and mental wellness. So do not delay. Get outside, even if it's cold. We'll talk about why the cold is helpful. I know it's still cold in the Northern Hemisphere right now, but getting outside is crucial to your overall uh, well-being. And we had talked about this before in another paper where nature walks calms your brain and reduces stress. Uh, This is uh, from uh, a a paper that was published last year, and they looked at 63 volunteers before and after walking outside, and they found that they're, when they put them into an MRI scanner, and they found that they were definitely calmer, all right? So there's lots and lots of evidence to suggest that getting outside with what they call green exercise, I love that idea, uh, is helpful for your brain, Um, you know, I... uh, I think this is just something I I hope will convince you that this is a a crucial component of your overall physical and mental well-being to get outside and get even just a six-minute walk. Uh, So it's pretty much zero cost in terms of time as well. So again, today we've we've talked about um, vitality hacks for startups. You can, again, look at the slides for that on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site. We talked about how green exercise stimulated Theta Brainwaves. We also talked about the nine lessons embedded in my new book, Dare to be Vital, which I hope you will consider purchasing for yourself, a friend, family member, or colleague um, to help enhance their physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being. And until next time, dare to be vital. Thank you very much for listening.